Welcome to the Lila Life Show. This is your host, Linda Andrews, and thank you so much for tuning in. With any episode that we have, whether it's a solo cast or a guest expert interview, my intention is for you to be able to anchor into yourself, to ground into yourself, and to explore, whether that's a new concept, an idea, whether something's intuitive in you going off, or there's just something that you hadn't thought of in a different way before. I hope you get to explore curiously, to sense make, and to activate something in yourself that you hadn't had activated. Enjoy today's show. As always, please like, share, subscribe, do the thing, and we hope to help support you consciously up-leveling in your life and business, the Leela way. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and I'm so happy to be bringing to you today, Peggy Vandeplash. Welcome to the show, Peggy. I can't wait to dive in with you. Thank you so much, Linda. It's great to be with you today, and Happy New Year to everyone who's listening. Yes, Happy New Year. Peggy is the founder of the Microdose Diet. I want to set the stage a little bit contextually, and we're going to dive in. I am so looking forward to our conversation. (laughs) I am too. All right. So Peggy has spent 20 years in the financial services and tech industries as an executive and a VC, a venture capitalist. And she speaks and writes about the benefits of alternative medicine, including microdosing psilocybin. So if you are curious, you may learn some things today that you hadn't learned before, known before, uh, both in professional and personal growth founder of the Microdose Diet, a holistic protocol based on the combination of alternative medicine that aims at rewiring the brain, we could all use a little of that, calming the body, mastering the emotions, and raising the energy to reach more success. Her book, More, the Microdose Diet, the 90-Day Plan for More Success, Passion, and Happiness will be published in May, the day after my birthday, 2024. (laughs) In parallel, Peggy is currently working with experts in the psilocybin space to bring to market high quality microdosing products, which it can be hard to find. So we can talk a little bit about that. As an experienced public speaker, she's been at more than 50 global events across the globe. And one of her latest speaking engagements, Microdosing for More Success, Passion and Happiness, which will definitely frame today's conversation. And I I love that this is happening today. You may still be in that New Year's momentum. Hopefully you have that for maybe a few more months, actually. But if you just need a little extra inspiration for the year, I aim to bring that to you also through the conversation. So again, Peggy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be with you today. Everything that we do here from the frame that I continue to focus on is where business meets well-being. I want to be a world-class provider for people where business meets well-being, more specifically pre-revenue, to a million in annual revenue entrepreneurs, which I think often get overlooked in the full ecosystem, which we can talk more about. But I, I share that as a frame. I think there's so much that comes up during that, that those first stages of business for someone, and they're usually rubbing up against their own self-sabotage, the success words, you may feel far from a success most of those, most of those days so that you have so much insight that you can share, but I'd love to hear first your origin story and how that eventually took you into psychedelics. And I'll have a million more questions. 
Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll make it I'll make it quick just to give some context, but I'm sure that's that's not what uh, your audience is tuning in today. So as you mentioned, I used to be in finance for the last 20 years. As I'm sure everyone can hear to my accent, I'm from France. So originally I live in Canada. And you know what? I've always loved finance. We were discussing offline, the intellectual challenge and all that great stuff. But to be honest, I picked finance because in my mind, when I was a kid, it was the definition of success. Mm. And probably, you know, Oliver Stone movie, Wall Street, you know, that's my generation. <laughs> I was born in 77. So, so for me, that was what I aspired to, to be, um, you know, someone uh, in North America working in finance. And... That's definitely not what my life was lining up to be because I'm coming from a very small town in France. My parents were not educated. So let's say that I didn't really have a lot of things going for me. But uh, I worked very hard and da 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 da. And finally, I, I did make it. But I was riddled with anxiety, depression, self-sabotaging behavior. And I want to really talk about that because it's very important for your audience. Um, and I, you know, I had very, a very successful career by any, um, any definition, but I was on autopilot, you know, I was just basically going through the motions <clears throat> and really, I would say, um, I was living my life more through uh, someone else's playbook, the society playbook than my own playbook. So I was, I was kind of, uh, playing someone else's part versus my part. And even the goal, as I mentioned, to be in finance was actually a goal that was fed to me by the media, by all entertainment industry. But that was not really something that was calling me. So during the pandemic, uh, at the time I had my business, I, was a, uh, I had an advisory business for investment funds who wanted to invest in venture capital deals. So that was really my area of expertise, technology, fintech especially. And uh, during uh, the pandemic, my business took a, a downturn because everything was frozen. People were not looking to invest. There was a lot of panic. We, we forget about that now, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of panic in the in the you know the first six nine months, I would say. Um, and it also became more and more apparent that I was struggling with very bad mental health and challenges, mm -hmm. and the two really collided. And I think it was really a blessing in disguise because that is all I came to psychedelics because I've always been very reluctant to take uh, prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. I was not interested in going to see a doctor who was going to give me a prescription for a medication that um, is going on vacation for free uh, every year sponsored by uh, the, the pharma company, you know. <laughs> And uh, and that I would have to take for the next 30 years just to hide the symptoms. I always wanted to really go more at the root of the problem and understanding, okay, why? Uh, but I was so in bad shape that I was really thinking about it. And at the time, suddenly information on psychedelics came to me left, right and center. And, you know, obviously, finance person, I'm reading, you know, Wall Street Journal, Economist, Financial Times, and they're all running things on psychedelics. And in the VC industry, as you know, in the tech industry in Silicon Valley, it is very well known. People do uh, psychedelics, they microdose, whatever. But for me, it was not for mental health. It was for performance. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. When I learned um, about, you know, relieve a great success of uh, using psychedelic for mental health, I decided to give it a go. And I've seen such tremendous success that I've decided to uh, to go in that direction. So I closed my advisory business in finance and that's how I, I launched the microdose diet. So that was really my journey towards uh, where I am today. Wow, what a journey. So for you at that nexus point, were you, like had you been for a while feeling like you wanted to be a founder did this come up because of the psychedelics and the microdose diet coming to you? Tell me a little bit about that, because sitting on the VC side, going to the founder side, essentially, that's a big decision. Yeah, well, I, I was an entrepreneur on and off over the last 10, 15 years. And even as a VC, I was actually an advisor. Mm -hmm. I had my own advisory business. So mm -hmm. I started some businesses that didn't really work. Then I started that advisory business, which I had for, for many years. So I was familiar with entrepreneurship as an investor, but as an entrepreneur myself. And mm -hmm. I've, I've seen firsthand what I think you're trying to educate your audience mm -hmm. with all these challenges and mm -hmm. We always talk about very tangible challenges. Okay, raising money, minimum viable product, uh, you know, uh, product market fit, all that, all that great stuff. But I think the, the most important topic we don't talk about is, you know, we talk it about mindset. Mindset is not enough. You know, like if your nervous system is fried, uh, you know, mindset. Who cares? If if you cannot manage your emotions cares about your mindset and that's the thing is that we all know that the conscious mind is only a small portion of our mind the unconscious is the most important so we focus uh, on the smallest part when we work <laughs> on mindset and we miss the unconscious mind we miss the nervous system the mind-body connection we miss the emotions and that's what catches you every time and I had myself a lot of boom and bust cycles in my life. And that mm -hmm. was self-sabotage every time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think that's the most important thing that people need to understand when they want success. It can be success as an entrepreneur, can be success uh, finding a, a romantic partner, losing weight, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. If you don't address first these blocks, you're just wasting your time. You're going to exhaust yourself, but the results will be very underwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. The timeline for myself leaving college athletics to then what I would say shortly after was like the healing journey, but it came from such a fried nervous system, a lot of unprocessed trauma and the nerve, like the, if I look back to this beginning of the healing journey and how many years later it took me to understand the nervous system, I mean, I think it would probably be close to a decade later and it, it was so hard to just figure that out. And now I can literally feel what the feeling of fried feels like, you know, I know that there's much in my environment that can make me feel fried and I have to keep a dial on all that. And like yeah. that 
tracking back to overall well-being, but it's like you completely miss those cues and you've accepted chaos as the operating system. Exactly. And underneath that, it's like just giving that nervous system some love, not to oversimplify it, but either you said the nervous system. I'm like, there's some keys in that. There's some keys in that. Yeah. And, you know, understanding where you're coming from, you know, for your unconscious mind, mm -hmm. familiarity equals safe. But most of us, we grew up in environment that were not optimal. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that to throw the stones or at caregivers. That's not my point. But you want to be realistic. Mm -hmm. And we all had parents, teachers, churches, you know, that environment that fed us limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Period. Not because we were bad people. just Right. <laughs> or not necessarily because they were either. They believed it themselves, themselves. So mm -hmm. they were just saying their own truth. So if uh, you had parents, for example, who thought that if you're rich, it's because you stole money from others. Mm -hmm. well, I was raised Catholic where, you know, being wealthy is thrown upon. Well, you're going to have problems with money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. As long as you have not cleaned up all this pardon my French crap, mm -hmm. just going to come and play out in your life. And that is just a small, easy example. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking big trauma. I'm not even talking uh, neglect, abuse, whatever. And, and that's the challenge is that we are in this hustle culture when we're telling people, get up at five, uh, journal, meditate, uh, work out, blah, 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 until, I don't know, 6.30, 7 in the morning, <laughs> then work for 12 hours and whatever. <laughs> Why remove the foot from the brake? Life will be way easier instead of pushing on the accelerator and the brake at the same time. And that's exactly why I developed the microdose diet. It's, it's this idea of, okay, we're going to combine microdosing psilocybin to help calm your nervous system, mm -hmm. help lower your ego barrier. And then we're adding tapping because I want you to start understanding what it is to feel safe mm. normally and what it is to feel safe when you want to reach a certain goal. Mm -hmm. So of us, we don't think that reaching the first already a normal situation, we don't feel safe. We're like... <laughs> You if you were the best case scenario, without the neglect, without the abuse, like just baseline... Just baseline, you're already pretty bad. <laughs> I would say someone who on top of that had a normal childhood, which mm -hmm. means with a lot of trauma because no one has the perfect childhood, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be even worse. So your baseline, if you say you want your, your nervous system to be from zero to 10, your baseline is already a 10. Mm -hmm. You have no capacity for anything else. So you, you really need to calm down and be comfortable with being calm. For me, being calm was extremely stressful mm -hmm. <laughs> because it was so unfamiliar because mm -hmm. I grew up in chaos. And it's all these things that tapping, and I'm sure if you're familiar with tapping, but that is really helpful to break these connections between your body and your mind and really remove this emotional charge. So it's great for, to remove limiting belief. Mm -hmm but also to remove emotional trauma. 
-hmm. Let's say uh, when you were a kid, uh, you were supposed to do a presentation at school and uh, you totally, uh, it, was, it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. Well, you're likely gonna have challenge with public speaking later. You might have social anxiety. All of that, you know, that needs to be removed. Or are you gonna be successful as an entrepreneur if you cannot pitch your company to VC, for example? Because you you're because of public speaking scared incident when you're in third grade. Exactly. So all of these things uh, need to be reworked. So, you know, like the, the, the 90 day plan I was mentioning is really a combination for you to go back to what your optimal state will be. And when I say optimal, okay, it, it took us 30, 45 years, whatever your age to be there. So mm -hmm. it's not in 90 days, but you're gonna go from zero to 100. You're gonna go from zero to 10, then you redo it a year later, 10 to eight. So it is still, you know, it's not magic, let's be honest. Which I, I love, it's almost like it maybe an intended pun or an unintended pun, but the microdosing component of like making those shifts over 90 days, that's going to stack over a year. You redo it the next year in that, that mentally felt like microdosing in a way, because it's like the incremental shifts that then compound. Exactly. And you know, like you need your system to adjust. So it takes time. It mm -hmm. elevates, you stabilize, you elevate, it stabilize. So again, you know, I'd love to tell you, okay, 90 days, you're going to become a mix of uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, and Tom Cruise, and Serena Williams. But it's not true. It's <laughs> not true. But you're going to be a better version of yourself. Right. Be way more suited to be successful. So if you were mentioning prosperity, well-being, and consciousness, mm -hmm. if you want to be prosperous, well, you need to be comfortable with the idea that prosperous is safe, prosperous mm -hmm. is good, mm -hmm. and you're worthy enough to be prosperous. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, okay, you can work very hard, but you're going to self-sabotage, and then you're going to face what I faced. Boom, bust. Boom, bust. Because you're going to work hard, you're going to make the money. Then mm -hmm. your unconscious mind is going to say, well, first, it's not safe. Second, you're definitely not a $1 million a year person. You're more a uh, 100K. And then what's uh, money disappear? Boom, bust. Then you work again. Boom, mm -hmm. bust. It's, it's, just, it's just your unconscious that's doing the work for you, protecting you. <laughs> I, I like how you put that though, the boom bust cycles and that being for anybody listening right now, an, I, I, an ideal way for you to tune in, where am I self-sabotaging? What are these patterns that continuously feel familiar that maybe you do feel ashamed of or guilty of, or it could even become a secret for you, um, but just being able to look at it you know, I think there is so much of the guilt, shame, so it, you can't even look at it. You can't even touch it. You know, yeah. for myself rubbing up against those issues, it was like, I can't even say I have this problem. And, but then it's like years later, you know, you overcome the problem, you have the new problem you're dealing with, but it was, it, everything felt very cyclical. And yeah. I can see that play out in my own life. I can see that play out with clients. Um, so for you, what was your first moment with the psychedelics, either you witnessing and others or for yourself that you're like, wow, there's something powerful here that helps with break the self-sabotage. Yeah. So I, 
I used to do tapping, which mm -hmm. was really like the, the emotional freedom technique, the EFT. The emotional freedom technique, exactly, okay. where you tap on the meridian points. You yes, know? I've used so, it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, hypnosis, EFT, visualization. I mean, I was doing the old shebang, you know, like everything that could exist, I did it. Mm -hmm. Big challenge for me is that I needed something that tied everything together. Mm -hmm. And microdosing was that for me because mm -hmm. microdosing alone, you know, like it's not it's not a magic pill. It's not mm -hmm. gonna detect by itself where uh, the problems are and fix that. That's not how it works, you know. <laughs> but it's all extremely helpful. You know, I was mentioning calming your nervous system. It creates the space, mm -hmm. it that buffer, and it elevates your mood as well. It creates that clarity. So if before you uh, were maybe feeling hopeless or helpless, it will help you feel more empowered and that's when you can start making decisions that are better for you so it's not so much that the microdosing is doing the work is that it enables you mm. have more success mm -hmm. with the work you're doing so mm. uh, i would say for people who are interested in microdosing psilocybin i really recommend it personally but we mm -hmm. can find tons of resources everywhere mm -hmm. we have a weekly newsletter which is called the microdose diet so but not too difficult to find it's on yes. also have a youtube channel same same under my name so they can find a lot of resources if they decide to microdose the most important thing is to make sure they do it with quality product mm -hmm. that's what i was wondering you do some work with the product side so that's why actually I actually I launched my product during the holiday mm -hmm. and I developed it with um, a clinic on the West Coast. Because okay. What happened was I had so many people telling me, well, I love what you're talking about. I really want to try it, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know where to find it. And I'm not sure that what I can find is of high quality. So uh, that's why I work with a clinic that is actually using uh, the same formulation for their patient mm -hmm. in the clinic. So I know it's high grade. I know that, you know, like it's it's the uh, not just the top ingredients, but also the top formulation. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who kind of develop the formulation. I tried many. That's the one that I think is the best for the brain. There mm -hmm. is some lion's mane. So it's mm -hmm. really helpful for also your memory. And uh, there is also... Um, uh, some calming elements in mm -hmm. high energy but still calming and so that's something I, I would recommend people is, is like make sure you have high quality products mm -hmm. and they can find on my website they can order we ship in the US and Canada so they can they can find it on the website or the mm -hmm. website uh, but also um, I uh, on my website they can also find the different protocols mm -hmm. You know, every other day, once every three days, mm -hmm. or to you know the the right uh, amount and all mm -hmm. that great stuff um, that will be optimal for them. One thing I also want to mention is that if you want the most of your microdosing, combine it with your healing practice. Mm. Maybe your healing practice is for some people uh, coaching, psychotherapy tapping, visualization, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to augment it. Mm -hmm. 
but just the micro dosing is not going to really bring you. You to... have to be doing some work. Exactly. It's not magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very great, but it's not magic. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's I, I love that your protocol so heavily implements the the deeper integration. So it's like starting to create those habits. What's the atomic habits guide, James Clear? Uh, genius marketer, but uh, it reminds me similarly of like the practices that you're laying out in the microdose diet with the protocol, with the quality supplements that you can have greater outcomes in those 90 days. But not only that, that like now the next 90 days, and I love that I mentioned the solstices and the equinoxes, like it's just a natural rhythm. So exactly. we get to be in that harmony. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's, it's very valuable for most of us because we all have the same foundational problems mm -hmm. no low self-worth feeling unsafe and we have it to certain degrees we have it some people will feel it more in their personal lives some people will feel it more in their professional lives but to some extent i have yet to meet anyone who feel good enough or feel safe in any circumstances maybe uh, uh, Eckhart Tolle, but <laughs> good Dalai Lama, but there are not many people. So, so it's also a way to to work on the big rocks, the big boulders. Mm -hmm. And can so the book I wrote is going to be out in May. You can mm -hmm. order it already. Yes. on Amazon. Yeah. And I also am developing the online course because mm -hmm. I do some like videos more than the book. And and the goal is also for people to be able to customize a bit because mm -hmm. you know for you maybe there are some areas that are more problematic mm -hmm. why don't you just do the week twice mm -hmm. you know it's not a big deal you know so it's it's really something that for me is important for people to develop their personal power their critical thinking mm -hmm. to grow don't give your power away to a doctor a coach a therapist mm. you know and financially it's very accessible mm -hmm. you know, like uh if you look at buying a micro dosing a bottle of 25 uh pill can last two months mm -hmm. and it's a hundred dollar mm -hmm. you buy a book it's twenty dollar mm -hmm. yeah you go you yeah know? no i mean the other alternatives even in psychedelics can be quite costly let alone non-psychedelic Exactly. So, you know, I, as much as I love people saying, well, psychedelic assisted therapy, wow, you need to have a lot, a lot of financial means in order to be able to access that. So mm -hmm. I think it's very important for people to have the opportunity for self-administration mm -hmm. um, and not just financially, but also to use your own power. Yes. <laughs> people constantly. I think it's great to work with teachers mm -hmm. and give you you know they're listening to you maybe they're reading my book but at the end of the day it's their own opinion that matters mm -hmm. they know their body better than anyone they know their story better than anyone so they have the power to really make the right decision versus asking someone to tell them what they should do you know? that that's such an important distinction i i feel like what you just shared it feels like when you get to that point of asking yourself, like, does this work or not? That becomes the beginning of a whole new journey. And 
And that journey then takes its own path. But it's up until that point where you may be just listening to all the experts or outsourcing that. When you get to that point, when you're like, no, like this doesn't work for me. I don't even know why. Or you're facing all your stuff and it's an absolute mess and you don't know why you're ever going to get out of it. But like, you know that you're looking at it for real. And there's so much, I guess the technical term may be enabling, but it's like preventing a person from fully being with themselves. And then part two to that is feeling the empowered to, to make those decisions for themselves. And you, when you notice that pattern, I like to distill things to patterns. Like you can see it so clearly. (laughs) It's like, oh, there's that pattern again. And when you can't unsee that pattern and it feels like craziness because no one could say anything to you because it's, it's you. Um, There was this experience. I did a six month immersion in Kundalini yoga. Oh, I used to do ton of Kundalini yoga. We're getting that. Yeah. So I, for six months I did, the two hours for six months. This oh, was in wow. 2021 at 4 a.m. Like I was in oh. it. And uh so I'm I'm in a very deep season of integration after that. But during that time, I learned about the insourcing versus the outsourcing. And I it was so simple. Exactly. And I could I had never heard any other wellness teacher teach about that ever. And yeah. I, you know, it's helped me have a really critical lens at really everything from community to wellness of where are we helping create those new neural pathways versus just perpetuate the same old paradigm, but with new tools and modalities. So I I think in everything you're sharing with the microdose diet, what you won't find is a way to hide from yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I really like the way you uh, refer uh, about patterns in life. Mm -hmm. And that's something at the beginning of the, of the book, I spend actually the first three weeks, you don't microdose, you don't tap, you spend three weeks looking at the patterns mm. because you need to make space, but you also, so there is a lot of clearing, but you also need to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And even if a lot of our experiences are similar, uh, they are, you know, what you might have experienced, even if I had experienced exactly the same, my nervous system is different. My mind is different. So I would have reacted different to your trauma, even if it were exactly the same. I might have been traumatized by something different than you, mm-hmm. even if we had the same experience. So mm-hmm. I think it's very important for people to understand that when I realized that I grew up in an extremely, extremely authoritative uh, environment mm-hmm. and giving my power away was my default mode to anyone, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was afraid to ask the cab driver to uh, drop me at point B, uh, point B if I had asked point A when I get it, because I was just like, well, I, I didn't say that, I cannot change what I, I mean, you're a 35 year old woman working in finance, managing whatever, but you're afraid to ask the cab driver to drop you at a more convenient place. <laughs> but because everyone for me was an authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. And when I started realizing that, I was like, oh, my God, that's also why I'm always so anxious, because I was always trying to protect myself, because it's like, oh, my God, they're going to tell me this, they're going to tell me that, you're overthinking, yeah, da, da, da. so it's very, very important. I mean, that's one thing that you mentioned, and for the people who are listening, look at your life. What are the patterns? 
because that you know you're the best detective of yourself <laughs> you know <laughs> be your own Sherlock Holmes look at your patterns and when you look at that you're going to be able to see well there is a challenge you know like I am not where I want to to be and I keep facing the same problems bingo it's like <laughs> great news <laughs> you found you found a nugget you know mm-hmm. not a problem to solve mm-hmm. in the dark you know Oh, so good. And this, this is why I love business so much. You know, we're talking about problems. Every given day feels like the amplification of every problem, you know, and I, I feel so connected to the role of business in our world for prosperity and well-being and consciousness, because it's, it's, it's problem solving. (laughs) And, you know, that's without getting into all the other things that could also be happening when we talk about business, which are important to discuss too. But I just think at its heart, you know, we are amazing problem solvers. And even through your protocol, it's like you're being the detective in your own life for your own problems. What happens when you're empowered to solve those in your own life? What other problems do you have clarity of mind to solve differently than you ever could have before yeah and you know what what i love as well with this idea of consciousness you know prosperity well-being is that think about it if just five percent of people let's just use banking as Mm -hmm. an example if only five percent of the people increase their level of consciousness Mm -hmm. and don't feel uh, as threatened by everything anymore feel more authentic feel more creative i'm not on autopilot can you imagine the change it would have in the world and and that's why when i put together the microdose diet my audience is mainly my former peers so mm-hmm. finance tech ceos you know that type of things because if they are able to increase their level of understanding their business gonna do better but they're also doing business differently mm-hmm. and they're impacting everyone around their employees their clients their suppliers so to your point it's so important to have entrepreneur executive more conscious mm-hmm. they have a tremendous role to play and then obviously their families their friends and all of that are impacted as well the ripple effect of that. Um, it, it's like detoxing off the chaos, the process. It really, you know, I keep coming back to that word chaos, but you're completely rewriting your story and how you were talking earlier. It's like, it didn't just happen in one day to get to the point that you're at. It happened over 30, 40, however many years. And that being gentle with it, unwinding. I, I personally notice sometimes, it's almost like a, a novel feeling of bored. I couldn't let myself ever feel bored. And then it's like, oh, I feel bored. And I don't really feel bored. But in those moments of calm, there's such novelty. And yeah. I'm like, it's like, yeah. yeah, you may be resting or you're not just on every single second. And that's going to be changing how things feel. And, you know, I, I've you hear that a lot in the financial world, future of work. And I think about what could the workplace look like? I saw a headline today. It said, you know, if you work the night shift, your your lifespan decreases by 15 percent. Yeah. And, and I was like, man, like there's people that have to work at night, you yes. know, and so we're making these trade offs. But does that person that knows like I'm cutting my life 15 percent shorter, 
you know, should they have a choice in that? There's exactly. consciousness involved in that whole line of thinking. But I, I was like, huh, what if we had created a world where we value, say, life and well-being? Maybe we don't need things 24-7. Like that guy gets to have those extra 15% of time. You know, it's reimagining everything. Exactly. <laughs> but I, it you know, it's true. it's curious. It's a curious journey. Exactly. But it's very funny because yesterday my husband and I had the conversation on exactly that. People who work night shift mm -hmm. and who have actually shorter life expectancy. So there must be something in the ether right, right here. But, you know, it's it's really rethinking if you look at healthcare or mm -hmm. the justice system. We are very much back-ended instead of being on prevention and mm -hmm. it's all about curing illness putting people in jail or uh, maybe rehab. But you know what? Why don't we allocate that money to prevention and promotion? So we don't uh, waste the potential of these individuals. We don't waste their lives. They are productive for society instead of uh, having a cancer at 45 because they had shit. Well, maybe you educate them and you give them quality products earlier. Same thing for drug program, all of that. So I think we... And that's very much the, the, the capitalism mindset, which is the treadmill. Mm -hmm. But I think we are at a point where, you know, maybe for the next 5, 10, 15 years, we just have to run two systems. One system that is going to be more people don't like to pay taxes, which I understand no one likes to pay taxes. But you need to keep the current system operating, but you need to start spending more on promotion, on mm -hmm. prevention. Because what's the point of having all these individuals who cannot participate in the society or even to have you, me, everyone else operating at 50% of their potential because they're stuck in their, uh, you know, self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm -hmm. So I keep hearing all productivity, productivity, da, da, da. but the best productivity is to make sure the individuals we already have are optimal and i mean we are far from operating at an optimal level here <laughs> so to your point when you look at it from a more curious perspective mm -hmm. we're seeing oh much you can improve things you know yes you see what's not working well and the goal it's always easy to criticize but what can be done mm -hmm. things better Alternative therapy, can you bring more of the tapping uh, in hospitals instead of uh, feeding people painkiller, opioid and creating, you know, it, it's just all these things that, um, you know, are maybe outside the box, but it's not very complicated. We all know about the placebo effect. So we all know that the mind is extremely powerful. So why are we not harnessing that? It's, it's getting to the point, at least for me, I look around and I sometimes I'm in such disbelief, like it doesn't even make sense anymore. I'll give you, this is an example that I think is a funny example I haven't talked much about, but I, I had a really weird experience at a gas station a few years ago. I was with my sister-in-law and I was getting gas. We had my dog with us and a car, this was in the middle of the day, pulled up around the gas station and faced me as the driver and all of a sudden started to rev the engine and like 
I started to feel extremely unsafe and that something yeah. was about to happen. So I was able to kick the car into gear real quick. And I actually, I actually pulled out from the gas station pump and actually took off the, the nozzle from the, yeah. cause I drove away and yeah. it was this whole thing. But I, I just look at it and I thought, gas stations are a perfect example of like a place a lot of people have to go to. We know electric is happening, but it's going to take a while. What if gas stations could be like a little lifestyle hub that you could pick something up nourishing, let's say. But I, I just like, I had such a weird experience and I was just like, yeah. this should not be where like crime and getting underage alcohol or whatever the things yeah. we know for out for gas stations, why isn't there anything better? And, and the way I started thinking about things, I could give you an example of that for every single thing. Uh, but I think that that kind of thinking gives us the invitation to think about possibility and when you do that and engage in that level of thinking and then come back, like the gas station all of a sudden does seem just really weird. There's like no excuse for it to be like that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you want to tie it up to your audience of, you know, entrepreneur, it's, yeah. it's, bad. it's like, wow, you're taking a problem like this one. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow, is there a business model mm -hmm. where people feel safe and something that can be developed around that mm -hmm. so so why conscious entrepreneurship is so important it's and it's for profit i'm not saying that you're doing it as a as a non-profit yeah. but it's looking at and that's also why i love psychedelics so much because it helps you change the paradigm and mm -hmm. now you're looking at things differently and you know this idea of saying oh it is what it is mm -hmm. Well, suddenly you don't think that way. You don't take um, suboptimal situation, like the one you mentioned, you know, which is one of the- Thousands, yeah, the tr trillions probably, right? Exactly. Um, and, and you're looking at it and you're like, well, you know, maybe there is something that can happen here. And, you know, when I decided to go in psychedelics, I was like, I believe in that. But also, it's a great business opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's a great investment opportunity. So it was not just this idea of, okay, I'm going to become a yoga teacher uh, in Goa, you know, which is very good. I'm not yeah. saying yeah. that. But that's the thing sometimes, and I want to, to, to say that to our audience, is that not because you're starting to become more authentic and you have less fear, that suddenly uh, you're going to become a coach potato or that you're going to be happy with living on minimum standard. That's absolutely that. I would say it's almost the other way around. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're going to have bigger dreams, mm -hmm. but you're also going to have more clarity on how to achieve them. Mm -hmm. And it will be easier to do so. And, and that's the conversation I often have with people in the business community that are looking into the microdose diet is because they're like, well, does that mean that, you know, tomorrow I'm leaving my wife and uh, I'm going to start, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, repairing truck in a small city uh, in the coast. I'm like, well, if it's what you desire to do, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> it's it's not the psychedelic that's going to make you make these crazy choices, you know, like on the contrary, you can be a, an executive in the same organization or an entrepreneur in the same company. You're just going to look at things differently. 
and your day is going to feel longer. You're going to have more focus. Your mood's going to be more elevated. You're going to be more creative. Doesn't mean you have to throw away anything you've done. You're just doing it better, faster, and more uh, purposefully. Mm-hmm. It, it's like you're being more you. In It unlocks more you. Exactly right. And you know, like when you really think about it, the you, you, is is still deep down. It's just that <laughs> you got two hundred and fifty hundred thousand layers of your mother crap, your father crap, your brother crap, your teacher crap, and every year you have like a new coat, a new coat of someone. <laughs> you know, and it's just removing these coats that are not and are not serving you. It's it's just making you play small. Mm-hmm. But if you're fearful, you're playing small. If you're stressed, you're playing small. If you and that's the thing that I, I believe is the most important for people to understand is that the goal is to really, really, really living your life fully. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you cannot do that if you are playing by others rules and you're leading someone else's life. Mm-hmm. You need to get rid of all that crap that doesn't belong to you. You know, so it's like getting you to your source point and like living the life from there. Exactly. And uh, and again, it doesn't need to add. It's removing <laughs> that we that's going to be our big mantra for the, the end of the episode. I know we're coming to close, Peggy, but I do want to ask you what the if it's a few things for each or one that's fine but in your own well-being and your own business pursuits it's like you're non-negotiable and that could have been the end of the episode it's it's less right it's like removing yeah. but yeah. i'd love to hear from you as like the final integration yeah so the most important thing for me is actually you know you mentioned it, it's less so clearing the old so your mind, your body, your spirit. And I understand that, okay, not everyone is keen on uh, cutting alcohol, sugar, and all of that, but eat cleaner, drink cleaner, have a cleaner environment, Mm -hmm. have a cleaner mind. Because if you want something, it took me years to understand, if you want new opportunities to come, Mm -hmm. you need to create space. And if you're already up to your eyebrows with stuff and stuff you don't even want, need, are interested in, it's not going to happen. So be congruent. What do you want? If you want that, so why are you still doing all that crap? Why Mm. are you doing that crap? And that is the best way to detect a pattern. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a gift. (laughs) (laughs) That is the gift. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Peggy. I'll have the links in the show notes. We have we have Peggy Vandeplash, her website, LinkedIn, and her Substack, the Microdose Diet, the book coming out in May. Get the pre-order in, realign your path to success, and we'll definitely stay tuned for your online aspect of that and the supplements, which the supplements I was already checking out. I'm so excited. So uh, <laughs> thank you again, Peggy, for being on the show. And if you have one final thought or quote you want to leave our listeners with. Well, thank you so much. You know, like the only thing I want to tell people is question everything. Question everything. 
We'll give that dramatic pause. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> thanks for tuning into the Lila Life Show. And we'll see you next week. And again, Peggy, thanks again. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning into our show today. Please like, share, subscribe, send to a friend, give the review. And always, if you have feedback, we want to hear team at lilalife.co. Feel free to email us and follow us on social. You can reach us there. Sending you blessings as always. Much love.